We are the Marcelin Brothers, and this is the Marcelin Brothers Podcast, MBP for short. We are here to share our story and to contribute our thoughts about everyday topics in life. Time to sit back, relax, and get ready for the MVP attack. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Today is August 29th, 2019. And if you are listening or watching, you are listening or watching to the Marcelin Brothers podcast. What's going on, everybody? My MVP crew, I'm hoping that everything is going all right and we are having a wonderful week. So as you can see today, we are just M to the first power today. My brother Marvin is having a wonderful trip in Greece, and I look forward to having him on the show to tell us a little bit about his wonderful gift. And then Alan Christopher is doing the grown man thing. He's at work trying to save lives, making sure that he's making America a better place. So I wanted to make sure that I had opportunity to talk to the crew because I am about to be on vacation. Yes, that is right. The Marcelin Party of Three crew will be taking a week vacation and we will be on our way over to Bermuda. So a lot of my family and friends have been asking me, hey, what's going on? Are you still taking this trip? Because we are currently in the midst of Hurricane Dorian. But for me, I'm fortunate because we are not traveling to Bermuda via cruise ship from South Florida but we are actually taking a trip up to Boston. And from Boston, we are going south to Bermuda. So when we booked this trip maybe about two months ago, we knew that there could be an opportunity of it being hurricane season and we may have to forfeit our tickets. So we bought insurance, but we didn't think that going up to Boston and then going to Bermuda would have actually saved us to be able to go on this trip. So That was very fortunate, and hopefully we will enjoy our trip. So some updates before we get started with some of our news articles. My wonderful Ophelia will be turning two years old tomorrow. So that is an awesome feat. I cannot believe that she's already turning two. Now that I think about it, about two years ago around this time, we were getting ready for Hurricane Irma. So it's interesting because... When we were getting everything set up, you know, we had three weeks of paternity leave. Week number one, you know, we were in the hospital because we had beautiful Ophelia. Week number two, we were preparing for Hurricane Irma. And then week number three was cleanup from Hurricane Irma. And now two years later, it's almost similar. So hopefully things don't go too bad in the South Florida area. And I'm hoping that Dorian just all of a sudden makes a turn to the northwest, or I'm sorry, northeast, and just completely evades and gets away from Florida, but only time will tell. So that's a little bit about me. That's a little bit about what's going on. Week off is going to be great. It's going to be a nice time to be able to recharge. Looking forward to hanging out with Ophelia and my wife. One week away, being able to turn off the phones, get away from all the normal everyday life and just really enjoy the time on vacation because the last time we were on vacation was probably around this time last year as well when we ended up going to the Bahamas. So definitely going to be a good trip. Looking forward to seeing what Bermuda is like. I've been able to reach out to lots of friends who have been to Bermuda. They've given me some good ideas, good thoughts about check areas to check out. So next time you talk to me, hopefully we'll be able to tell you a good story about Bermuda. 
So, it's been about four minutes. We're going to do another current events week. So, I've got three articles that I want to discuss. Depending on how this podcast goes and how verbose I'm feeling, will determine whether or not we're going to go through all three. So, two of these articles are going to be sports articles. And one of these articles is going to be technology. So, I figured, hmm, you got three. Let's go with article number one. This is probably one of the more popular ones that people have heard. This one is going to be about Andrew Luck. And the story of the article is Luck announces retirement following Colts loss to Bears. So this article was written by Michael Merritt from the AP Associated Press. And we'll discuss the story. So Andrew Luck watched one last game from the sideline Saturday. Then he said goodbye to the NFL. The Indianapolis Colts quarterback heard booze as he walked away from the field, then walked to the podium and made the surprise decision official. The off-injured star is retiring at age 29. I'm in pain. I'm still in pain. It's been four years of this pain, rehab cycle, Luck said. It's a myriad of issues. Calf strain, posterior ankle impingement, high ankle sprain. Part of my journey going forward will be figuring out how to feel better. Luck wasn't planning to make the announcement following the Saturday's 27-17 loss to Chicago Bears, but when ESPN first reported the news during the fourth quarter, Luck changed the plan for a Saturday afternoon announcement. Instead, he held a 25-minute impromptu news conference. At times, he sounded wistful. At others, his voice cracked with emotion. One thing was clear. The endless barrage of injuries stripped away his joy for the game and promoted him and prompted him to walk away so he can enjoy the life he wants. There's no doubt when you hear him talk about his cycle of pain and injury and rehab, you can hear that. Coach Frank Wright said, there's a saying in football that everybody knows and everybody lives by. It's next man up, and even though this situation is unique, no one is exempt. That task now falls to Jacoby Brisket, Brissett, a fourth-year player whom the Colts acquired in a cut-down weekend trade two years ago who has been practicing with the starters since April. He went 4-11 as a starter in 2017 after taking over for the opening day starter, Scott Tolson. So pretty much the rest of the article discusses a little bit about who Andrew Luck is, talks about some of his past experiences, talks about some of his past successes, and pretty much just says that you know he was ready to go. So the topic that I wanted to talk about with Mr. Luck you know, there's a, there's a couple of things that I want to discuss. So, number one, this is pretty interesting news. You know, you've got a 29-year-old who is one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL decides all of a sudden to a surprise to a majority of football fans that he is going to retire. And there's lots of news. There's lots of information. There's lots of thoughts that go through people's minds. And, you know, the first thing that I wanted to discuss was, you know, if I was in his shoes at 29 years old, retiring from football as one of the better quarterbacks in the league, what must be going through this individual's mind? And, you know, I didn't play professional football. I didn't play college football. You know, Marvin Christopher played college football, so they can maybe speak a little bit more towards everyday grind. I guess the fan of me thinks, oh, my goodness, how can you, you know, almost at the top of your game, one of the, you know, at one point was the richest quarterback playing in the league, all of a sudden decide to retire 
before the age of 30 when you haven't necessarily gotten to the peak of your performance. You know, you were seen as, you know, the second coming. You were seen as one of the more cerebral quarterbacks. And all of a sudden, you know, you're here one day, you're here one second, and you're gone another second. And, you know, looking at a lot of the stories that we've heard, you know, the NFL is, as most people know, a very gruesome sport. You've got lots of individuals who will give their body, they'll give their blood, sweat, and tears for the game. And some individuals, they have an opportunity to be able to walk away and they're relatively healthy. And some individuals leave because they're forced to because of some sort of injury. So what are my thoughts on this? You know, I think that, you know, I'm somebody who is very big when it comes to, you know, one of my goals is to be able to retire early, to be able to enjoy life, to be able to live, you know, the best life that I can because I only have one life. And if I'm thinking about that and what I want to do, I mean, and thinking about that from the athlete's perspective is probably pretty similar if you think about it. You know, these athletes, yes, they, you know, their lifespan when it comes to playing sports, you know, maybe mid to late 30s and after that they're done. So an individual who is retiring 10 years before that, that could be seen as a very early retirement, especially if he hasn't gotten to his peak. But I think there is something to being able to walk away from the game, especially if you're injury prone, to be able to walk away, make a little bit of money, but be able to call your terms. I think some people may argue, well, did he really call his terms? You know, would he have retired if he didn't have all these energy injuries? I don't know. But the fact that he's not being carted off and the fact that he relatively has everything intact, I do feel that that is something that some players don't have the opportunity to be able to do. So when I think about it from that perspective, hey, be your own person if this is what you want to do. You know, you talked about in the article, I'm in pain, four years of pain. Those of you guys who aren't aware of Andrew Luck, I mean, he's had multiple, multiple issues. He's had lots of leg issues. I think he had issues with either his spleen one year. And, you know, I think he's been out for almost the equivalent of two two seasons through all the injuries that he's had going back and forth, trying to get back from rehab and just really feeling like he never got back to where he needed to get back to. So that's point number one that I wanted to make. You know, if you want to be able to call your own shots, you know, the man's got some money. He was once the highest paid quarterback in the league. So he's got money. He wants to retire and be able to walk away. Then let it be. Number two, what I wanted to get to is the section where it says here, the Indianapolis Colts quarterback heard boos as he walked away from the field. So, you know, Andrew Luck, again, starting quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts. You know, I think he's been in the league, I don't know, maybe for about seven years, seven, eight years, maybe maybe between eight and ten years. I mean, if he's 29, probably left college at maybe 21, 22. So maybe he's been in the, years for, he's been in the league for seven years. And, I mean, his quarterback clearly gave everything that he felt like he was able to give. I mean, in the article, it says here he played with shoulder pain for most of 2015 and 2016, and his 2015 season ended when he suffered a lacerated kidney. He missed all of 2017 following surgery, and then happy-go-lucky former Stanford star dealt with more pain and more endless months of rehab. So this guy, you know, pretty much gave everything that he could, 
and the way that his fans repay him are by booing him when he's making it known that he may end up retiring. And, you know, I don't know if I really appreciate the fans to be able to do this. I mean, again, I feel like football is almost like the modern-day gladiator where you've got all these fans who are up on the seats like they're in a coliseum, and you've got these football players who are essentially are like these gladiators who are really playing something for entertainment of the fans. And when you've got an individual who is a human being who's doing everything that he can to help make his fans and his team win, you know, you can't just react to this news by booing the man. I mean, this guy has given everything and anything that he has for the jersey, for the team, and this is the way that the team, as far as the fans, pay him back. You know, playing sports is a job like any other job, but playing sports is a very, very, it can be very trying on your body. You know, it's not one of these things where, you know, it's the same sports, you know, when you're playing out in the backyard and you're playing touch football and you're throwing the ball around and you're getting paid to be able to have fun. I mean, these guys go through lots of physical injury to be able to be the best that they can be. And for so many years of, you know, this guy's football career, you've got fans that are excited, that are happy, that are praising his glory. And all of a sudden now when it's time for him to hang up the boots, you turn on him like that. And I, I think this is part of that whole mentality of, you know, fans being owners and athletes just, you know, being individuals that, you know, will just do whatever the fans want. And that's a very tricky line that you're trying to cross with there. And I think unless you have been in the shoes of an athlete, it's very difficult to be able to show that type of emotion. And, you know, again, most people won't understand because most people weren't athletes, but just think about it. You know, think about a day that you're going to work and all of a sudden you're feeling gross, you're feeling sick, you want to call out. I mean, these football players, you know, they can't really call out. I mean, these football players, they give their entire life to be able to get to a certain moment. And, you know, they have to endure so much more physical strife than the common everyday person who has a general white collar job so you know i didn't think it was right for individuals to be able to boo him like that especially after everything that he's done so that was the second part of the article that i wanted to talk about third part of the article that i wanted to talk about was this section here the colts bet big on luck in 2012 they cut an injured peyton manning to take luck with the top overall pick fully believing he would be their franchise quarterback for the next 10 to 15 years. Jim, the team owner, Jim Ursay, called it a no-brainer because his aging team needed to rebuild. I never felt that he, Luck, owed me to play until he's 40 or until he's 36 or whatever Ursay said. I mean, this is an unusual situation. So my final question and thought that I wanted to share with you guys in this article is... If Jim Ursay and the Colts knew everything that they know now, would they have made that same decision that they made before? So let's try to break down what was going on in 2012. 
So in 2012, Peyton Manning ended up having an injury. I believe it might have been like a shoulder or neck injury. And from that point, you know, he was injured. It's time for the NFL draft. The Colts don't do so well that year. So they end up going to the draft. They had the number one pick. And what they decide to do is they decide to pick Andrew Luck as their franchise quarterback. Now, you know, I don't exactly know my timeline, so it may be off a couple of years. But long story short, Colts felt like, hey, Peyton Manning is going to be done. He's not going to be the same Peyton Manning as he was. Let's, you know, cut him and let's just find somebody else and let's rebuild. Now, probably two or three years. So after this, what ends up happening is Peyton Manning is a free agent. Peyton Manning has an opportunity to travel to go to different teams. He decides to choose the Denver Broncos, who the general manager or you know or owner happens to be John Elway. John Elway is a past quarterback, and eventually, I feel like Peyton Manning has one of his better careers ever because he's got two awesome wideouts, and I believe is has close to the season season record of touchdown passes or close to it. And eventually ends up winning a Super Bowl against the Carolina Panthers before he ends up retiring. So when you're looking at that timestamp from 2012 to when Peyton Manning retired, you end up seeing that the Denver Broncos end up winning a championship with Peyton Manning at the helm. And also to remember, Peyton Manning had also won a championship for the Indianapolis Colts, you know, a few years back. So if I am Jim Ursay, do I decide essentially to stick with the guy that's taking me to the title or do I start over and try to get somebody from scratch? And I feel like looking back, the Colts probably would have regretted that decision because if they kept Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning may have been able to bring this team to another championship which is something that, unfortunately, Andrew Luck wasn't able to do because of his health. So this is where I kind of feel like it was wrong of the Colts to cut Peyton Manning because Peyton Manning brought them to this certain point. You know, I feel like, yes, I understand that sports, that this can be a very tough environment. But, you know, there's something about, you know, the guy who's brought you a championship that you don't treat him and you just dump him at the first sign of adversity. And again, this has nothing to do with Andrew Luck. This is more on Jim Ursay, and this is more on the Colts organization. You know, may this perhaps be a lesson to other areas where other teams, where if you've got somebody who's going to take you somewhere, and you trust that person so much to be able to get you to a certain point, you can't just all of a sudden dump him for, you know, the newest, you know, fling that comes through. You know, I really think that there is something to, you know, sticking with who you know, thinking with what you have, and especially with a quarterback like Peyton Manning. I mean, he is such a cerebral quarterback, you know, even if his physical abilities may not be the same as what it was before some of these injuries, he has, still has that cerebral mindset. And again, if you talk to the Denver Broncos, they would agree with that. And, you know, perhaps Jim Irsay is, even though he says it's a no-brainer to get Andrew Luck, you know, 
I do feel that there may be some of the, man, maybe I should have stuck with Peyton Manning. And then maybe pick somebody else to be the number one draft pick to be able to support Peyton Manning for a couple more years. So that's my take on the whole Andrew Luck story. And I think what we're going to do now is let's talk about technology. So we're going to switch gears a little bit. We went from sports, and now we're going to go towards a technology article. So the name of this article is going to be, well, first off, this is written in Fox Business. And the name of the article is, Apple Apologizes for Listening to Siri Recordings, Promises Reform. This article is written by Ann Schmidt, and this was written on August 28th of 2019. All right, let's do this. Apple has said it will no longer have human contractors listen to audio recordings of customers using its digital assistant Siri. The text giant's apology comes after about a month where a whistleblower told The Guardian about the practice, which Apple said in a statement on Wednesday was part of the company's Siri quality evaluation process called grading. The report raised privacy concerns among customers, and Apple said Wednesday it halted the grading program immediately. We realize we haven't been fully living up to our high ideals, and for that, we apologize, Apple said in a statement. The company says it will resume Siri grading program this fall, but with changes, including not keeping any audio recordings of Siri. However, customers will be allowed to opt in to let Apple listen to audio samples, but only Apple employees will be able to listen, and inadvertent triggers of Siri will be deleted, said the company. Apple is committed to putting the customer at the center of everything we do, which includes protecting their privacy, the company said. We created Siri to help think, get things done faster and easier without compromising their right to privacy. We are grateful to our users for their passion for Siri and for pushing us to constantly improve. In July, The Guardian reported that Siri could be activated by something as mundane as the sound of a zipper, leaving any conversation open to surveillance and accompanied by user data like location and contact details. Siri is not the only assistant listening in on recordings of users. In April, it was revealed that Amazon's voice assistant, A-L-E-X-A, again, I am spelling this because I have an A-L-E-X-A and I don't want her to all of a sudden turn on, was at times recording private conversations. In July, it also emerged that Google's assistant was doing the same. So there is that article, and I wanted to share my viewpoints on this. So number one, you know, the MVP, we ended up having a podcast about this probably, you know, a good, maybe a couple of months ago, and it was in reference to an article that was discussing if these smart, you know, what are we doing with all these smart technology and can these technologies be listening to us? And we talked about how sometimes you may say something and all of a sudden you go on your phone or you go on the internet and all of a sudden the stuff that you were talking about somehow is, you know, one of the top things in Google when you're just randomly looking for something or when you're looking through pages all of a sudden you see things that you were talking about on the ads. So the conclusion of that article was, you know, if we're gonna let all this type of technology that has the capability of doing that, you just have to realize that there are people that are probably listening. There are people that are probably watching. 
And if this is something that bothers you, you probably need to avoid having this type of technology. You know, I think we would be very naive to think that, you know, whether it's our texts, whether it's our phone calls, that somebody does have the opportunity to be able to listen, whether it's somebody who's illegally doing it because they are just trying to get information or whether it's, you know, you have access and somebody else gets into your access and is able to listen to this stuff. So I feel like if you're going to have smart devices, you have to realize that there is going to be a risk to that. Yes, the rewards might be the rewards might be the fact that things are simpler. You may not have to do as much on your own. But again, if somebody's programming it and if these types of smart devices are able to respond to you, again, there's got to be something on the other side that's helping these smart devices get better. And that most likely is going to be an individual who may be listening so that you're able to better understand and have a better experience when it comes to this technology. So you can't be naive to the fact that these things are around and that there is a potential risk that people may be listening and people can be watching. Of course, there are some things that you can do to try to decrease the risk of what would happen if somebody does do that. And that's going to be making sure that these things are going to be in areas that you feel that aren't as you know, private. So keeping that in mind and, you know, worst case scenario, if you think something might be up, unplug these devices whenever you feel that you are being endangered or just unplug the devices, period, if there are certain things that you don't want people to know. So that's kind of my take on that. You know, the other thing is, you know, specifically with this, you know, what I thought was interesting you know, they, they apologize. They say we haven't been living to our high ideals. And for that, we apologize. And, you know, they feel like they still want to continue doing the Siri grading program. But this time, they say that customers will be able to opt in to let Apple listen to the samples. If Apple did this from the very beginning, would Apple have been able to get the information that they need and get the technology that they need? You know, I do think that some people, if you gave them, hey, this is if you want to be able to use our device, you have to abide by these rules. And, you know, most of the time I'm assuming when Apple or any other type of, of smart technology is you are trying to use that information. I guess I kind of assume that, you know, in all that fine print, when you keep on scrolling down to the very, very bottom of the article before you press accept that you do that it probably does say that. So this is interesting because when I'm reading this article, it almost makes it seem like that information wasn't explicitly known in that fine print. So I think that, yes, it's probably a better move that Apple is going to now ask people to opt in. But I think a better move would have been in general, just let people know, hey, this is what is going on. And in order for this technology to make things better for you, you've got to be able to let us use this information. So don't be fake about it. Just be upfront. Just let us know this is what you're going to do. And if that's what you do, then that's what you do. And I still feel like there'd be plenty of people that would be comfortable enough to let you use their information so that you can make the system better. Or at least give them a heads up so that they know that there is a risk and there is a chance of somebody listening. So at least when you've been upfront with that individual and that person says yes, 
well, then there's nothing that that individual can be mad about. So, again, I think that if we all if we have smart devices, just realize that, you know, the technology is a great thing because it makes things easier and simpler, but it also can add another layer of complexity because now you have individuals who have a greater opportunity to have access to your personal conversations. So just be very smart when it comes to that. You know, it's been 27 minutes in. I'm still feeling good. I'm still feeling strong. So I think we are going to go to story number three. So I think that, you know, I'm on vacation. I don't have to worry about going to work tomorrow. So we might as well finish off strong by sharing a third news article. So news article number three is going to be another sports news article. The name of this article, first off, has been... It's been entered into Yahoo Sports, and the name of the article is Lloyd's Road to NFL Will Be Tough, She Should Still Try. And this story was written by Jay Busby. I'm going to read the article, and we'll see where things go from there. The NFL is a juggernaut, an unrelenting force in American life on the level of Facebook, Amazon, and Marvel movies. And like all other unrelenting forces, it's in dire need of some good honest publicity. That's why the idea of the U.S. women's national team star Carly Lloyd is apparently serious about her run at the league and why at least two teams are serious about giving her a look is some legitimate good news for a league that rarely misses an opportunity to miss an opportunity. Lloyd kicked a 55-yard field goal at the Philadelphia Eagles practice last week, prompting ha-ha, get her in a Bears uniform lines across all of the sports world. But after the easy jokes and the predictable no girls in my football backlash, a realization set in, hey, maybe, just maybe, this could work. Maybe one of the greatest kickers in the world today could actually kick a different shaped ball. I think I definitely could take a run at NFL kicking, with a right practice and the right technique and get my steps down and figure all that out, she said earlier this week. But I don't want to go in there blindly. I want to actually attempt to do it the right way, but I know that I definitely could do it because anything I set my mind to, I can do it, and I actually do kick balls for a living. So yeah, it's all about the technique, and we'll see what happens. But I'm, but I'm now entertaining the idea. Let's be honest here. The chances of Lloyd or any soccer player of any gender jumping from the pitch to the pros are vanishingly small. The kickers who have booted footballs their entire lives struggle to reach the pro level. Once there, kickers' careers have all the durability of a reasonable idea on Facebook. Still, when this Hall of Fame kicker, Morton Anderson, is jumping on the Lloyd Express, maybe the whole idea is worth a closer look after all. What's the worst that can happen? No matter what, Lloyd won't take a shot at an NFL gig until 2020. Still, this is setting up to be one of the most fascinating stories in sports over the next year. Lloyd better get her answers ready because she's going to be the focus of stories from now until she decides to hang up her ambition or her NFL jersey. To be clear, Lloyd doesn't deserve to jump the line for a job in the NFL, not because of her gender, not because of her, whole, her worldwide accolades. What she deserves is an equal chance to make her 
through the process to prove that she can kick a football as well as a soccer ball to prove that she has the accuracy, the will, the spine, and the mind to handle a job that's unforgiving at best, soul-crushing at worst. Let's run down the hurdles Lloyd needs to clear to get from today to the NFL in increasing order of difficulty. First off, kicking field goals. The ability to kick field goals is, as you might expect, a mandatory prerequisite to become an NFL kicker. Not even the most progressive-minded coach is going to give a job to a kicker whose kicks don't clear the center button. Dealing with fans, this will be a challenge since there is a loud subset of NFL fandom that howls against the change. Female kickers, the forward pass, concussion safety protocols, integration, you name it. They're tough to ignore, but they safely can be since a large, far larger slice of the fandom would either welcome Lloyd as a pioneer or be happy just to get a decent kicker in uniform. Bears fans, for instance, would welcome an actual bear onto the roster if she could split the uprights. Media expectations. Not gonna lie, if Carly Lloyd were to even try out for an NFL roster, much less make a team, she'd instantly become the biggest story in the league. Every player on the team would be asked his thoughts about her. Is that such a bad thing? Jittery front offices. Signing a Carly Lloyd isn't the same thing as, say, signing a politically-minded former Super Bowl quarterback, but the instinct among front offices are to avoid distractions at all costs. This would run in the same direction. Conservative coaches. This will be a challenge. So many football coaches don't do anything new because it's never been done before, which is why someone like Sean McVay gets hailed as the Messiah and people who stood in line behind him at Starbucks get offered a head coaching jobs. The locker room. Here's where Lloyd will face an uphill battle. Not the literal locker room. Most NFL locker rooms are nicer than your average Hilton. She's not going to be changing clothes next to some beefy lineman. No, she'll need to win over players who aren't inclined to like kickers to begin with, regardless of gender. Players will spend a significant portion of their day answering questions about her. Fortunately for Lloyd, there's an effective way to do that. Though it's the hardest challenge on this list, the boss battle. And finally, the field. Here's where it all comes together or falls apart. For Lloyd. Kicking a 55-yard field goal in shorts on a practice field is well and good, but it's the equivalent of hitting a few batting practice homers and thinking you're ready to go into the major league game as a designated hitter. How is Lloyd going to handle kicking a 55-yarder in a tense close game with 11 on rushing linemen? Lloyd has no trouble playing on a world stage. She's a two-time Olympic gold medalist, a two-time world champion, but there's still the matter of Tacona phase just doing it. So... This is the final article that I wanted to read to the fans, and I wanted to see what your guys' take is on this, and I wanted to share some of my thoughts on this. So, again, you know, I played high school sports. I didn't play any college sports. I didn't play any professional sports. But me as a fan, what are my thoughts on this? As a fan, let's say, you know, Carly ended up playing for my favorite football team my team that I follow which sometimes just isn't worth following the Miami Dolphins how would I feel if she would have joined the Miami Dolphins you know at the end of the day I'm going to look at her as hey we need a field goal kicker can she kick the field goal is she going to make the field goal yes I'm happy awesome she doesn't make the field goal no that stinks I'm not happy would I treat her any differently in this sense because she's a woman you know, from my perspective, at the end of the day, the the final thought for me is, can you do the job done or can you not? 
you know, yes, if you happen to be a female and you're doing it, is it a good story? Yes. Is it, you know, showing that things are becoming more equal? Yes. Do I feel like, you know, we should give her a chance just because she's a girl? You know, for me, it's the results. If the results show and you can do the results, then that's what I'm looking at. Yes, I do feel that this is going to be a story. This will be a story. Yes, this will be something that will provide publicity. And yes, publicity sells. So that's one aspect of things. Yes, there is another aspect of, you know, Carly Lloyd being the first female to play in the NFL. Do I think that would be historic? Yes. Do I think that would be monumental? Yes. Do I think that's something that could change the way that we think of football in the future? Yes. And do I think it's a bad thing? No. You know, at the end of the day, like I said before, you know, what I'm looking for is, you know, especially as a kicker, maybe this is the position that one could see someone from the female gender play because, you know, the when you're looking at the strength and weaknesses, you know, the kicking is more technique-related, technique-driven, and I feel like, you know, the actual bronze part of this is a little different than when you are looking at somebody being a defensive lineman, somebody being a quarterback, somebody being a running back. In those scenarios, you know, generally males, the strongest male is going to be stronger than the strongest female. Looking at body weight, looking at mechanics, you know, there would be an advantage for men versus females. But in a position like kicking, I feel like the kicker position is so much more of a mental thing than a physical thing. Yes, you have to have the ability to be able to kick the ball. But I think what makes kickers great or not great is what their mental toughness is. You know, when the game is down on the line, are you going to be able to kick a routine kick that you do hundreds of times every practice? Are you going to be able to translate that and do that in the game when it counts? And if anybody were to try to do this, then I do think that somebody who is a superstar already in a sport who is used to playing in stadiums full of individuals who are cheering and booing whether or not you are on their team or not on their team, I feel like an individual like Miss Lloyd would be somebody who could take the pressure because this is what she does on a normal basis. I mean, again, she is a two-time, you know, World Cup champion. She's been in the biggest areas. One could argue that depending on what stadiums they played, they were probably playing for more fans than football stadiums. When you look at the World Cup, the World Cup is not just an American sport that people will watch. This is something that's going to be watched all over the world. So the amount of viewers who are watching the World Cup are going to be drastically, drastically higher in the World Cup than it is going to be for a typical football game if it's not the Super Bowl. So from that perspective, Carly's already done that. Also, when it comes to the actual fields and the size of these fields, when you compare a football stadium to one of these major soccer stadiums. Soccer stadiums have so many more people in those stadiums than your typical football stadium. So, you know, she's used to being under the pressure. She's kicked penalty kicks before. Penalty kick is probably one of the more stressful, you know, scenarios 
that you can find because it's one-on-one. You have the ball. You have to kick it into the goal. The When you're looking at you know, whether or not the odds are going to be in the favor of the kicker or the goalie, the odds are definitely going to be in the favor of the kicker. And still, you see people that are missing that penalty kick. So I feel like Carly Lloyd has been able to be in that scenario, and she has succeeded. So if there is going to be an, a position in the NFL where a, full, a female player could play and have somewhat of a level playing field, I do feel like it would be in being a field goal kicker. So is this going to happen? I don't know. When you're reading this article, she says that she wants to not necessarily do it this year, that she's got some prior commitments and she really wants to focus. And, you know, maybe she'll do it another year. The fact that this is on the news, the fact that people are talking about this, this could be the watershed moment that allows perhaps for women to play into the league. So those were my thoughts on this article so i wanted to make sure that we had an opportunity to talk about it i shared my viewpoints hopefully you guys enjoyed that well it is still the 29th of august and i have finished my three articles and mbp crew i'd like to thank you for listening to this podcast i've done some podcasts by myself already you know again we have the derophilia series that we have where i get an opportunity to be able to tell you guys the lessons that I try to teach my daughter. And these are lessons that I want her to hear now so that when she gets older, she has an opportunity to be able to listen to it. So you guys have heard that. And I have had one solo MVP podcast by myself. So this will be number two. I think this time I feel a lot more comfortable. I feel like the conversation flowed a lot more. Again, I do give mad respect to individuals who have their own talk shows where it is only them speaking because I've been speaking for 42 straight minutes without a break. No commercial breaks here. This is not like what you're seeing on the news. This is not like what you're seeing when you are listening to radio. This is nonstop talking, unedited, no clips, 42 minutes through. And I got to say, I feel like I did a pretty good job. But MVP, I'd like for you to let me know how I did. So please feel free to contact me at marsonbrothers at gmail.com or please feel free to leave a comment on this podcast. I believe this is episode number 31. Can you believe it? We've done over 30 episodes in the Marson Brothers podcast. And I want to thank you guys because my MVP crew is the reason why we are doing what we're doing. So with that being said... It's time for me to continue my packing because I'm going to have a wonderful cruise. I'm going to enjoy my break. Hopefully, my MVP crew, you have enjoyed this podcast. Please, please, please tell your friends about the Marston Brothers podcast. Please give me a five-star review because this lets me know that you are appreciating the content that we are having you guys listen to on a routine basis. And please feel free to contact us. Again, Marston Brothers podcast. You know, you can do it at marcelbrothers.gmail.com or you can find us on Google Play. You can find us on podcast.com. You can find us on our YouTube page. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, wherever you want to listen to us. Just Google our name. You'll be able to listen to our podcast and hopefully you'll enjoy. So that being said, thank you again. I'll see you when I come back from my trip. 
MVP crew. Have a good one. And we are out. Thanks for listening to the Marston Brothers Podcast. And remember, do work and make a difference in somebody's life.